Come, O Lord, and set us free. Amen. Please be seated. Advent often begins with an admonition to wait patiently. I'm not good at patience. I never have been. I can't tell you how grateful I am to be back in the church this Sunday. I have been done waiting out the construction. In fact, I was ready to be back about two Sundays after we started worshiping in the parish hall. So thank you for your patience. Your patience helped me to have patience. I'm not a patient person. So you would think that Advent would be among my least favorite of the church's seasons. This patient time of expectation, of hope, of waiting. But in fact, you would be wrong. This is my favorite time of year. It's because Advent, Advent isn't just about biding time. Now, part of what I love about Advent is the music. The Advent hymns are some of the best in the tradition, if you ask me. There are so many good hymns, and the season is so short that in a couple of weeks at this service, we'll have a festival of lessons and carols without a sermon, just so that we can squeeze in some more of the Advent hymns. But for me today, the first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of the church year, it belongs to Johann Sebastian Bach. Vauket auf, Sleepers Wake, which Jay played as a prelude for those of you who made it. It'll be the tune for our last hymn for those of you who didn't. It's one of my favorite pieces of music. The counterpoint in which Bach arranged the two traditional melodies, it has this special alchemy. You hear two distinct tunes as they play with one another back and forth. Jay said to me at our staff meeting on Sunday, or on Sunday, on last Wednesday, Mike, you know this is one of the hardest hymns in the whole hymnal. And I said, yes. And Jay knows I am still impatiently waiting for our organ to arrive so that I can hear the piece played in all of its glory. You have a year. (laughs) But Bach's music, it captures both the sleepiness and the urgency of Advent. Advent often begins with this admonition to be patient. But this morning, I want to capture the counterpoint Because Advent also requires a certain holy impatience. Advent asks us to wait impatiently. The hour has already come for you to wake up, St. Paul tells the Romans. Be prepared, because the human one will come at a time you don't know, Jesus tells his disciples. Be alert, sleepers wake Isaiah gives a promise. They will beat their swords into iron plows and their spears into pruning hooks. They will no longer learn how to make war. We should be impatient for that day. Advent asks us to take a fearless inventory of where we are, of all the ways that our world is off course. We live in difficult times. We live with a great deal of injustice. Our neighbors are suffering. Advent asks us to take stock. Advent asks us what we will do. The Reverend Dr. Peter Gomes, one of my favorite preachers, 
He was the first black preacher to hold the office of pastor at Harvard's Memorial Church. And he used to talk about his father's work as a cranberry farmer. And he said this, The farmer lives in proximity to two ultimate truths, which are held in balance by the authority of his own experience. Ultimate truth number one is that the harvest is the result of incredible patience. And ultimate truth number two is that the harvest is the result of incredible work. The harvest is the result of both incredible patience and incredible work. Idle farmers don't gather great harvests. What is worth waiting for is also worth working for. And Dr. Gomes, of course, was not just preaching about cranberries. We wait for, we work for, the coming reign of Christ. As Christians, our patience and our holy impatience has a direction. We aren't waiting simply for Christmas. As far as the stores are concerned, Christmas started about two days after Halloween, anyway. We're not just waiting for the baby Jesus to appear in our manger scenes. We aren't waiting, we are waiting for Christ to come in glory. We are waiting for justice to triumph over injustice. We are waiting for truth to triumph over the insanity of the news cycle. We are waiting for mercy and hope and above all for love to return and to reign. We are waiting for those weapons to be beat into more useful tools. So this Advent, I'm not going to counsel you to be patient. You've heard enough of those sermons. Instead, I say be impatient. Be impatient for the coming reign of love. Be impatient for Christ to reign in glory. Let your impatience fuel your work, your diligence. Dr. King said it better than I ever could. He wrote famously from a Birmingham jail, Frankly, I have yet to engage in a direct action campaign that was well-timed in the view of those who have not suffered unduly from the disease of segregation. For years now, I have heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every African American with piercing familiarity. This wait has almost always meant never. We must come to see, with one of our distinguished jurists, that justice too long delayed is justice denied. Have you ever noticed that it is always those in power who counsel patience? How often have legislators asked communities to be patient, to wait, to quiet down? How often have civic leaders promised solutions, improved schools, public transit, economic developments which will lift neighborhoods, and then followed their promises with the words, just wait? As Dr. King reminded us, timing is everything. In questions of justice, impatience is everything. And because today is the first day of December, this is also a day on which we remember the activism and the lives of so many affected by HIV and AIDS. Today is World's AIDS Day. 
And today reminds us that in the lifetime of many in this congregation, impatience has saved lives. Impatience has saved lives. World's AIDS Day was first celebrated in 1988, just as the activism of ACT UP and other organizations was forcing the Reagan administration to start working to cure the virus. I was a little kid when HIV and AIDS became a major story. It took a lot of hard work, a lot of organizing to draw the nation's attention and eventually the world's attention to the folks who were dying. When Ellis and I were first dating, we lived at a distance. Ellis was here in St. Louis and I lived in Washington, D.C. And so we spent quite a few evenings on the phone together watching movies. It was a way to sort of be close even across all those miles. We'd open up Netflix and we'd count down three, two, one before hitting play. And one summer evening we watched the documentary How to Survive a Plague. Before I saw the film, I knew vaguely about the LGBTQ community and their allies' fight to raise awareness about HIV. I knew vaguely about how intransigent the government had been in moving to work on the virus. I didn't know until I saw the documentary just how hard the fight had been. I'll, I'll never forget one particular scene. It was footage from 1992. A group of activists brought the ashes of their loved ones who had died of AIDS to Washington. They made a solemn procession from the Capitol to the White House lawn. They outflanked the guards and poured the ashes of their loved ones over the fence in protest of the administration's inaction on AIDS. At the time, I worked at a church a block from the White House. And the next day, I was assigned to the Daily Noon Mass. I couldn't get the images from the documentary out of my head, so I left my office about an hour before the service, and I walked around the perimeter fence. I brought my prayer book, and when I reached the back of the White House, the fence nearest the ellipse, nearest the National Mall, I paused and I prayed some of the prayers that are said at a graveside. As I was praying, I realized that the prayers were for me. I needed to know this story. I didn't know how holy the ground there was. I can be prone to frustration. I can be prone to a sense that there is little that I can do in the face of so much injustice. I get frustrated. I needed to know about my forerunners, about how facing loss, facing death, they chose defiance and hope. That story of the activists who took the bodies of their loved ones, the ashes of their loved ones, and offered them as protest in defiant hope. It changed the way I saw the block on which I worked. There at the back of the fence, I realized that the dead didn't need my prayers. The ground was already holy. It had been made holy by the love, the faithfulness, and the action of those who fought back, who forced our government to fund research and to lead the way in the creation of life-saving HIV therapies. I hope someday that there is a memorial on the South Lawn right at the fence line, 
a reminder for the nation of the fierce love and impatience of the LGBTQ plus folks and their allies who organized to fight AIDS. Today we celebrate restlessness. We celebrate creativity and anger that forced our government to move, to recognize the suffering of a people they once tried to ignore. Today, we commit ourselves again to the active prayer that one day no one will die of this disease and no one will be forgotten. I know we're in a season that's typically associated with patience, but this Advent, remember how holy impatience has saved lives. Be alert, stay awake. The world is already rushing on toward Christmas. In this season, the world is content with nostalgia and consumption. Don't settle. Don't settle for the shallow, saccharine version of the season. Dig deeper. Christ's coming is more consequential than any Black Friday sale, than tinsel, than tinny holiday music. Advent promises a deeper, defiant hope. Christians know that there is work to be done before we arrive at Christmas, before we arrive at the coming of Christ. While we wait, we also get busy. We prepare. We acknowledge that the world as it is is not the world as it should be. We long for Emmanuel, God with us. We rejoice in the promise even as we hold those in power accountable. We're not simply waiting to tell a nice story about the arrival of a sweet child. Advent is the season when we await Christ's coming into the world. Advent is the time when we remember what is always true for Christians. We are a people of a promise. God's justice, God's mercy, God's love is coming. And we work for that for which we wait. Advent is a season of hope. It is a time of patience. It requires patience, but it is not the patience so often asked by the world. Don't just bide your time. Advent is a season of counterpoint. The quiet has a certain urgency. A little restlessness is necessary when the stakes are as high as the scripture tells us, when there are weapons to beat into pruning hooks. God is coming into this world. Truth and justice and love will reign. So wait impatiently. Amen.